Professional pickleball player Sarah Ansbury has won multiple national titles, but she says her greatest accomplishment in the sport of pickleball is as an educator. This is not surprising when talking with Sarah, as she gives some surprising tips on how to move on the pickleball court to improve your game. So let's get to the intro to hear more from Sarah. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Sarah Ansbury. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you for having me this morning. It's great that we could connect. I really do appreciate your time because I know you have just so much going on when it comes to your life in pickleball. But I do like to start with somebody's origin story. I did do some background research and I have a little bit of your bio. I know you started playing in 2014, but how did you actually first hear about the game of pickleball? Oh gosh. Hearing about and playing about it were two different things. Uh, funny thing is, is like this woman that I used to play tennis with, we'd kind of kept hearing she stopped playing, you know, as much tennis and she kept, she was playing pickleball. And like, we didn't really know what that was, <laughs> honestly, at the time. And, and so that was kind of, you know, one of the things. And then she, you know, was part of a local pickleball club. And I was at a club, a tennis and tennis facility, golf facility, huge, had uh, three basketball courts up in Vancouver, Washington. And the local pickleball club had started renting out the basketball courts to play pickleball like a few times a week. And so a couple of the members at my club had just kind of kept trying to get me to play a little bit. So in my off time, you know, when I was teaching tennis on the other side of the facility, I would come over and, you know, a couple people would be there. And so I would jump in every so often, kind of not really, you know, sure what I was doing, but just kind of learning a little bit about it. And there is a guy who is the president of the pickleball club. His name is Mike Wolf, and he is just the nicest guy. And he was the president at the time. And he was like, Hey, we have a tournament coming up. You should play in it. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't really know. And it just so happened that the same weekend, I was running a junior tennis tournament on the other side of the facility. And then the basketball courts with the pickleball tournament were on the opposite side. So I was like, well, I'm going to be here that weekend. <laughs> so I might as well, you know, jump in and play. And so I think I played singles and I played mixed doubles. You know, I think he put me in at 4 0 or something. And I had no idea how to score. I had no idea. I mean, I was asking the referee every other point if I was on the right side and played the tournament and actually played some against some of my tennis friends. And kind of the funny thing is I ran into an old high school friend of mine at the tournament and she's like, well, I need a, I need a partner in like two weeks, you know, can you play with me? And then Mike Wolf got me to play with him in the next tournament. And you know how pickleball people are. They just want to keep you coming. And from then on, I was suddenly playing pickleball tournaments and just kind of fell into it. So how long did you play both pickleball? Are you still playing tennis or is it just purely pickleball? I don't really play tennis anymore. I mean, every so often I will, you know, jump over the tennis courts, but I just, yeah, I don't anymore. I mean, I was for quite some time. I mean, I was still teaching tennis full time and then I, you know, playing pickleball, you know, full time. And I was still kind of competing a little bit in tennis too. And then, you know, I think it was 2016, like, or like end of 2015, I think I won, you know, it was my first nationals. I won women's nationals with a GG LaMaster. And then at the end of that month, I actually got into a pretty major car accident and it 
really kind of messed up my neck. And so it was actually easier for me recovering from the car accident. I was able to come back to pickleball easier than I was able to come back to tennis. So, you know, I think within six months after that, I had kind of decided, okay, I'm just going to go full-time pickleball. And, you know, my wife and I hit the road kind of after that and decided to give it a shot. And that's a very interesting story that you told too at the beginning. You know, the whole thing's interesting, but again, you're another pro, Laura Fenton Kavanda. When I talked to her, she had been a pro racquetball player and she entered a pickleball tournament knowing absolutely nothing about pickleball. So it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, they really were trying to convince me to do it. Everyone was like really supportive. And I remember I was playing with this guy and, you know, they just kept telling me that you should stack that I, you know, I need to be on the left, you know, playing with this guy. And I have no idea what that means. (laughs) And I was super confused. I could, I was really struggling with figuring out the scoring in a sense. Like I kept, they kept on saying, well, whenever your score is, you know, odd or even, and I kept adding the numbers together like over the weekend. So, I mean, I just said, tell me where to stand and I'll stand. (laughs) And, you know, it was fun. But, you know, I think after that, I decided I really need to figure this out. Well, and of course you did, given the success you've had on the court, but you also do so many things off the court related to pickleball. And I'm curious as to what is your greatest, or what do you think of as your greatest accomplishment? Can be on the court, can be off the court, whatever you think. You know, I think the the one big thing is when I, I mean, I'm an educator at heart. My mom's an educator. I, I grew up my whole life, you know, going with my mom to tennis conferences and, you know, and so like one of the first things that I did when I, you know, started playing pickleball is I was, you know, I, I contacted the USAPA and, and I was trying to find out if there's any type of education platform, which I, you know, I just think is a really important factor in the growth of any sport, but, you know, just learning. And so, you know, I had for a couple of years before I kind of fell into the professional pickleball registry, I'd started building curriculum. You know, I, I kind of knew that the, the, my goal at some point was to create and, and structure curriculum. And what, however that was, you know, it was really important to me that there was like an education system where people can learn pickleball, but also learn how to teach pickleball the right way. So, I mean, yeah, I love playing and and that's always, you know, a really, really fun part, but I always tell people I'm a teacher first. So for me, it was really the, you know, getting the education platform of PPR out there and working with the USAPA with that and, and really just educating more people on how to get more people into the game, you know, in, in the correct way. And so how has that grown over the years since it sounds like it was a couple of years now that you've developed the curriculum? Yeah, it's, you know, my biggest goal in a sense of, you know, the future of pickleball. I mean, we always talk about, you know, the Olympics, we talk about, you know, kids and all this. And, and, you know, if we want, you know, pickleball to be in the Olympics, we need juniors playing pickleball. We need it in schools. We need it as an extracurricular sport, like we need, and we need growth internationally. And so, you know, one of the things that I really appreciate about my facility where I'm at, as well as a lot of other facilities that I educate is, you know, the racket sports industry overall, whether it be platform tennis, regular tennis, you know, squash and pickleball, they're, they're all very much, I think is important to work together because when it comes to kids playing pickleball, I mean, when I first started, you know, most places that had pickleball courts were like in RV places or 50 plus communities. So, you know, kids like picking up pickleball, that's not a very easy thing for them to do is just go into a senior center and want to play with a bunch of adults. 
So, you know, what I've really, really enjoyed is how many racket sports um, facilities have added pickleball to their clubs. And my goal, which is, we're not there, absolutely not there yet. We're getting much closer. My goal is that like people anywhere in the country and hopefully at some point, anytime in the world or in the world can go to a local, you know, sports facility or rec center and get a good pickleball lesson and learn from, you know, anybody, they don't have to like, you know, go somewhere else to learn pickleball that, um, you know, a kid can go to a junior camp, let's say, and, and meet other kids and, you know, have other people to play pickleball with. And so that's, you know, that's really, and we're, we're many more places currently, you know, we have tennis and pickleball at my facility and I work with a ton of other facilities that do the same thing. If not, you know, tennis, pickleball and platform tennis or padel, you know, you have all these other racket sports that ideally are going to be in one place that is going to make it a lot easier for us to kind of keep growing. So that's kind of what I've been focused on a lot lately is working with a lot of facilities that are adding pickleball and how to do that the right way, whether it's, you know, correct programming or the correct types of facilities or equipment, anything like that is, you know, so important to us keep growing the sport of pickleball. Now you are at Palmetto Dunes there in Hilton Head, South Carolina. And actually, I think I went to that facility in 2019, not long after I started playing pickleball. And okay. it, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Tell me a little bit about, you know, how the program has grown, because I think that was probably shortly after you had arrived there. Probably. Yeah. I, you know, I kind of fell into Palmetto Dunes. It's kind of a funny story. <laughs> you know, we were, I was coming to Hilton Head because the professional um, pickleball registry is based out of Hilton Head with the professional tennis registry. So I came to visit and at that time, you know, Palmetto Dunes had eight pickleball courts and they, what they had done was they converted their two hard courts into the pickleball courts. So we went over to the club and I was teaching a bunch of tennis players how to play pickleball. And I ended up meeting the director of the whole facility. His name's John Kerr. And we just had a conversation and we started talking a little bit and and I was like, Hey, you know, have you ever thought about putting in more pickleball courts? And, um, he's like, well, you know, if I had someone to run it, I would, you know, I'd probably do that. And then, you know, my wife and I got a tour of the Island and, you know, she looked at me and she said, you can make this the pickleball Mecca. And I said, I, I think we can. And we just really fell in love with the Island within two days. And we've been everywhere in this country. And within six months of me being there, they converted two of the clay courts into eight more pickleball courts. And I traveled a lot my first nine months there because I was, I was really, really focused on the, the pickleball registry, the coaches and everything. So I actually wasn't, a lot of people didn't realize I was there uh, full time yet, but we had started kind of converting this facility into a major pickleball facility. And the following year, so 2019, we got eight more courts and we added lights to that. So we've got, currently we have 24 lighted courts and, you know, we've changed the signage. It says Palmetto Dunes pickleball and tennis, you know, we've got a webcam, we've got, you know, so essentially half of the facility is tennis and half is pickleball. And, you know, let's say this week has been, we run a, a round robin every day of the week and we have filled it to capacity pretty much every day in the past week with all participants. And then we've got, we basically have something where anybody can come through to Hilton Head 
and they can do a clinic, they can do a round robin, they can do another clinic, they can do another round robin, <laughs> you know, um, we're, we keep trying to add more things and, and it's already in discussion, you know, I'm like, Hey, I think what's the next thing that we're going to do. So we do have a few plans to keep growing because I'm nowhere near finished uh, with the facility, but I feel like we've definitely turned it into a place that people want to come and visit and whether they're coming and taking camps from me or from my other teachers or just coming in to play pickleball, you know, we've definitely turned it into one of these stops in the country that people want to go to. And, and that's awesome to me. But I, you know, I tell my staff, we just had a staff meeting two weeks ago. I said, yes, we're doing great, but what's next? And so we do have some plans, you know, for the next couple of years that we're, we're working on. And I'm hoping to, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping to kind of keep being able to grow and whether it's adding more courts or adding, you know, more structures or something, but we've got some goals that we're trying to work on. I just wanted to break in here and say, as pickleball players, we want to get better at the sport. And it was in a recent interview with Hella Spar, I realized I didn't even do 10% of what she talked about on the court. So I've signed up for a doubles course, and you may want to consider doing so too. You can get more information by going to pickleballfire.com doubles. And just to let you know, I do make an affiliate commission if you purchase her course, and this helps to support the Pickleball Fire podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Well, good. I will definitely look forward to visiting again. It sounds like it'll be quite a quite a change since I've been there. Yeah. All right. Let's switch gears a little bit because I want to get into a little bit of an instructional component. I know people really love that when they listen to the podcast. So I was doing a little bit of research and I think I had found an article back in 2016 where you talk about the three B's to success. Balance, breathe and believe. Yeah, that's kind of been our motto from the beginning. And we've kind of, you know, kept things pushing along. It's, you know, it's a motto, it's a thought process. And, you know, when, when educating and teaching a lot of times, it's just about uh, a focus, essentially, you know, being on the pickleball court and believing in yourself and being on the pickleball court and, you know, just taking a breath and, you know, whether it's, laughing and relaxing or, you know, finding within yourself and, and then being, being balanced and being able to control yourself on the court. You know, I think if those three things are true, then you're in good shape. Let's talk a little bit more about balance. What does it mean to be in control on the court? Well, you know, I, I think a lot of times people are on the pickleball court and, you know, it's a small space and they're running all over the place trying to get the ball. You know, it's that kind of, we get out there and it's a, almost a scattered kind of situation where I got to get the ball and that's the priority. And instead of, you know, if I slow myself down, you know, you always hear it, people say, you know, when we watch you guys play as pros. It seems like you have so much time and you're in so much control of everything. And it really just has to do with the ability that we're, we're not rushing ourselves. We're in control of how we're moving. And, you know, essentially what I'm thinking about is if I'm balanced, I can make choices. And, and often that means much, being a little bit more still versus, you know, shuffling around the court, hustling around the court. One of the most important things for pickleball movement, let's say is a forward motion. And when you are more balanced, you can turn and go forward. Whereas if you are, let's say chasing the ball or shuffling side to side or moving backwards and all those types of things, 
you know, it's not only an uncomfortable position to be in, but you're also making reactions instead of making choices. You know, if I'm balanced, I can make the choice to move forward. I can make the choice to put my paddle in front of me. Whereas if I'm not balanced, you know, maybe I don't know where my paddle is. Maybe I don't know exactly where the ball is, but basically if you are not balanced, you can't make choices. You are making reactions and reactions are a very stressful place to be on the pickleball court. You want to be able to be stable and move in a forward direction where you can do the most that you want with every shot that you can. And so how does somebody learn or improve the idea of moving forward or having that forward motion? I guess it is. You know, one of the simple things, you know, I tell people is you don't want to run on the pickleball court. You want to walk on the pickleball court. You know, if you're, you know, you're only going 15 feet from the baseline to the, to the non-volley line. And if you're trying to sprint and run through that ball up to that line, you're going to be completely out of control. But if you're starting to walk, let's say, you know, you can now walk faster or move faster or slow down. It gives you the options of direction. And and one of the uh, huge ones for people is just starting to stand up more. There's this idea that a lot of people have that they have to be like super low and crouched down and, and doing all these kinds of things that are actually really difficult on your body and aggressive on your body. I mean, most players out there in the world do not have to get as low as let's say a pro gets, you know, when they're going, but you know, a lot of times you'll say there's a difference between getting low with your knees and keeping your chest high where your core is still engaged or getting low where you're bending over and your back is bent over your paddle, let's say, and your chest is pointing towards the ground. Well, that means that you're off balance and you're not engaging the core muscles of your body. You can't turn your hips or do any of those types of things. So, you know, when you're starting to slow down, you know, walking and keeping uh, like being your, a little bit taller, now your paddle can stay in front of you. And if your paddle's in front of you where you can see it, well, then you can adjust to the ball in front of you. Whereas let's say if you are scrunched up and squatting super low uh, or hustling on the court, often what happens is the paddle ends up behind you and you get jammed and caught and, and all of that compressed energy goes into the ball and the ball feels that. So, you know, almost, you know, thinking of a rhythmic motion when you're moving forward or moving in any time on the court, slowing down, giving yourself the time to breathe and just getting your body, your hips underneath you and your chest underneath you are huge focuses for every level of player. And is there a good way or a good drill to do to help work on that aspect? Oh, you know, there's definitely quite a few things. You know, I have a, on my, you know, one of the things that we've grown on my website is, is we have lessons now on my website. So we have our YouTube, my YouTube videos, as well as, you know, our, our website where you can subscribe and be a member. And, and I have tons of drills and lessons and exercises on there that are resources. And, you know, uh, something as simple as, when you go out there and, you know, let's say you're going to go play a rec game, just really try to walk through your points, you know, try to get through an entire game where you're just walking the entire time. And it's, you know, surprisingly that if you just keep walking, how often you'll get to the ball. So, I mean, I've got millions of things to do that, but that is one of the simpler things to do. I'm just going to walk an entire game 
And the goal is to keep my paddle in front of me where I can see it. And, uh, and that right there is going to actually take you a pretty far away. <laughs> That's a really interesting perspective. I've, I've got, you know, a pretty extensive sports background, and I had never thought about trying to play just by walking. Yeah, <laughs> because there's always that there's always that, okay, let's hit the serve after the third shot, you know, let's move, you know, not not doing a sprint, but you know, fairly quickly, not definitely not a walk. Yeah. Well, and the way that like, you know, I like to tell players is, you know, the, the, the thing that you're thinking about is, you know, you're basically in a decelerated rate that you can have the choice to slow down or speed up. But when you are at a decelerated slower motion, it's actually easier to accelerate forward and attack and change directions where what happens a lot is let's say we try to make all this extra motion and movement instead of, you know, I say, think of big dynamic steps versus lots of small shuffling steps, because you have all this space that let's say a lot of times we think, okay, I'm going to the baseline. Now I'm, now I'm going to the net. Well, there's this, all this space in between the net, you know, our transition zone, that there's a ton of opportunities to do something with, but most often we're either rushing through that, that space or we're stopping too much in that space. And a lot of issues, let's say in pickleball is, you know, a lot of times people are making small, quick decelerated steps and that those decelerated motions like shuffling steps is really, really bad on your knees and your joints and your hips. It causes a lot of break breaking down of your joints as well as tripping and falling. Whereas if you are at a constant motion, it's actually easier on your joints to accelerate and it's much more comfortable without causing that extra damage that usually makes us go an extra step backwards or an extra step sideways. Whereas if I'm walking forward, I can change my direction and still go forward. Whereas if I go too fast, then I stop. And then I usually go backwards or sideways before I go forwards again. So it's, it's tough. It's, it's interesting uh, because a lot of times in sports, we think we got to, you know, we got to go really fast or we got to get really low. And, and in pickleball, it's a lot about the ability to accelerate. And, and essentially that kind of walking gives you a, a leg up on acceleration from your lower body and while keeping your paddle in front of you. Whereas if you run too fast, the tendency is people get their paddle jammed in at their hips or their body or even, you know, behind them as they're charging the net. All right. Well, you have definitely given me a lot to think about and actually, more importantly, a lot to work on. <laughs> All right. Well, then let me just finish up with a couple questions here at the end. I always do like to ask the pros, which pickleball paddle do you use and why do you like it? I personally use the Head Extreme Tour. I like it probably because they made it for me. And, but, you know, besides that fact, I'm actually this weekend in Del Rey, I am playing with the new model of the Extreme Tour. So I'm really excited about it. And what I love about the Extreme Tour is the shape of it creates a lot of maneuverability. It's not a bulky shape. It it's, makes it a little bit quicker at the net. It gives me the ability to go from high to low very quickly. But this, you know, the new paddle that we've got, it's got the upgrade of it is we've got a, something called CST in it. And it's got these stabilizers in the core of the paddle where essentially if you know you miss the sweet spot, it makes it feel like your sweet spot's a lot bigger. So you don't have any vibration down your arm or anything like that. 
So, you know, I've, I've loved this paddle for quite some time, but, you know, they put this new one in my hands just with that stuff. And I'm getting a lot more spin on the ball than I have before, besides the fact that I've got great control with this paddle and, you know, I've got really, really good pop. But I will say since this new model that's coming out, I think we're releasing it next month. I'm really excited to play with it this coming weekend. I've got more touch and more feel and more spin than I've had in the previous models, which I've played with before. Also the extreme tour. Well, nice. And good luck in the tournament this weekend. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.